Our Bible reading comes from the first chapter of Ruth, as Guy foreshadowed. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Mahlon and Kilian. They were Ephronites from Bethlehem, Judea, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. And they had lived there about 10 years. But after that, both Marlon and Killian also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. And even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, Would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried to them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. In the famous 16th verse. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realised that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Lord Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, 
but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Thank you, John, for a beautifully read passage of Scripture. Heavenly Father, as we now ponder upon that and the implications for our lives, we pray, dear God, that people would not hear my voice, but they would hear your voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking from the Word of God to transform our lives. So in Jesus' name, that's what we're listening for. Amen. So I do want to talk to you today about better together, better together in pilgrimage through life, in pilgrimage through life. Uh, So what does it take to be on a lifelong journey with some? What does it take We'll look at the who, the where, and the what of the relational pilgrimage. Now, this the scene is set here before the kings of Israel uh, were appointed. They started to be appointed in 1076 BC. So this is the period before that. This is the period when the Bible says the judges, the judges. Uh, none of the, I'm not sure if Judge Judy is in there, but I doubt that. Um, the, the judges were individuals raised up by God, empowered by God's spirit to lead Israel at particular times. So we see in the book of, you guessed it, the book of Judges, that there are successes of these individuals raised up by God, often in deliverance, often in military combat, but they lead Israel for a time. Most importantly here, because God was teaching them that ultimately God is the leader of Israel. And that he would raise up what is necessary to lead his people. God asked them not to appoint kings. But they did and they suffered the consequences. But this is in this period here, somewhere prior to 1076 BC, of course, when King Saul became the first king of Israel. So we have our focus today on one Israelite family from the town of, to get it, Bethlehem. From the town of Bethlehem where we see that Naomi, her husband, Elimelech, and their two sons, Malon and Kilion, and their respective wives, Ruth and Orpah. Now, famine, look, if you want to have a look at that, just to get the context here, look at verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and sons, went down to the country of Moab, And I'll show you a map of that, but there's also a map in the uh, news about they went down to that country because there was food obviously there. So they stayed about 10 years, and what a catastrophe it was for her personally. First of all, her husband dies. Then both of her sons die. And you can imagine, you know, she talks about she went away full and has come back empty. Uh, she's been absolutely smashed by life's circumstances. So there she finds herself down in the land of Moab, 10 years, a lost a husband and successively lost both sons. We don't know the circumstances of what happened there. And there she finds herself with just the two daughters-in-law. They're left. Uh, but then they find, look at verse 6, that what's happened after a period of about 10 years, the drought has broken 
Uh, when she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. And then we see this story, this interplay of relationships where Ruth and her daughters-in-law negotiate whether they will all go back together or not. And so uh, when we're better together in pilgrimage, we need to realise that this is predominantly it's a relational journey where we, we choose to journey with somebody throughout the ups and the downs of their life. So they initially all sit out together to go back to Bethlehem, back into Judah. Uh, but Naomi urges them. She's, she tries her best to dissuade them. So look at verse 8. Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you. To your mother's home, may the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown kindness uh, to your dead and to me. And in verse 14, again. And as they wept again, then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. So there's this, there's this, she's imploring them to go to be back there, that she would somehow, she would journey back and just start again. And verse 10 says that it was a pretty tough space. Um, let's have a look at that. Said to them, we'll go back with you and your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you want to come with me? I am going. Uh, am I going to have more sons? And there she, she, she says to them, look, I have terrible prospects. I have been widowed here. My sons are dead here. I'm way beyond trying to bear more potential husbands for you. It's just ridiculous. I just want you to leave. So she has felt that the Lord's hand has turned against her. And yet these women are pretty keen to try to journey with her. Friends, there are times in life where we can suffer successive losses. The journey of pilgrimage with another person means that I'm going to be there. If you go through tremendous loss, I will stand with you. If you get broken by life circumstances, I'm going to be in that space with you. It's not going to be an easy space. When we pilgrimage with other people, when we journey together, know this, there will be many times where life's catastrophes will smash and collide into each of our lives. And so you can see here that Naomi is in a very tough space. She tries to... Uh, talk to them about going back, but she is really in a tough situation. Her, her mood, her mood here is very depressed. Even if I, uh, halfway through verse 12, even if I thought there was still hope for me, what a forlorn thing to say. Even if I had a husband uh, tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you re- remain unmarried for them no my daughters it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me and so uh, Orpah of course she decides to return look at verse 14 and at this they wept again then Orpah uh, not to be confused the woman that runs the tv show and prints books not that one this one then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Was Orpah wrong? Was Ruth right and Orpah wrong? Is it that simple? Is it that simple in life when we come to a divergence of being pilgrims together? 
in your life groups, you will discuss that question and I hope you come up with a good answer. It seems to me that you can't journey with everyone you come across closely. That sometimes in life, circumstances and choices need to be made. And of course, then Naomi presses again, verse 15. She's doing everything she can to dissuade Ruth from buying into this journey. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and to her gods. Go back with her. But we know that Ruth uh, prevailed. Verse 18 tells us that when Naomi realised that Ruth was determined to go with her, uh, she stopped urging her. And so Ruth decides that, no, she's going to throw her lot in uh, and she chooses to join herself to Naomi's world, even though Naomi's world is in a world of pain. What were the prospects for Ruth? What was she going to get out of this? What was it going to look like for her? She'd sidled up with a very, very broken person. Uh, then we come, of course, this, to this famous verses, verses 16 and 17. But this is Ruth's promise. This is what Ruth... Friends, this is what it means to commit to another person that you are going to journey with them through life. She replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn to go back. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And where you die, I will die. It's a lifelong kind of journey. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. And she was determined and she pressed on. It's exactly what happened. Ruth made a commitment. There are certain people in life, friends, that we just make commitments to. We know that through circumstances and, cho and choices that we have certain people that we are welded to and that we decide to go through life very closely with. We can't do it with everybody, but perhaps there's a handful of companions on the road of life. I believe that we need to cherish those friendships. I believe that we need to foster them. I believe that we need to invest in them. I believe that we need to protect them. And I also have found that they're not easy to maintain. All kinds of things can happen. So in your life, if you are Naomi, who's your Ruth? Who are your Ruths? How many people do you have that have looked you in the eye and said, I am with you. I will be with you. I will journey with you. And no matter what life deals you, I will help you handle those cards. If you don't have somebody like that, I really implore you to pray that the Lord would bring somebody into your life like that. Who are your Ruths and who are your Naomi's in life? I think we need to go to the immediate family. It might be a relative, but it might not be. It might be a friend. It might be a colleague. It might be a fellow student. It might be a fellow Christian. I don't know who it would be, but it is a very good thing to be a Ruth to somebody. Who are you a Ruth to? Who's your Ruth and who are you a Ruth to? Who have you said, yep, I'm up to bat for this and I will not be knocked off. I will continue to be with you. We're going to journey through this thing called life together. And so we journey with others. Sometimes we journey with others through children and through grandchildren, through marriages and through divorces, 
through life's expanding or shrinking relationship circles. Life's rarely static. Relationships are rarely static. We go with people through family disappointments and angst. We go with people through success in career or distress of unemployment or underemployment. We go with people through the loss of the spouse, the loss of the child, the miscarriage. We have a church, as we sit here this morning, with a sister in Christ who is going through a tough time. I implore those of you that are close to and know Lucy to do, to reach out, to love her, to make contact with her. Uh, don't let her journey these journeys these days alone. So you know who you are and uh, I believe God would call you to be that person for her. So it's relational, but it's also geographic. It's kind of like where you go, I will go. Wherever life takes you, basically, I will be there. So life took Naomi into hard places. She felt that she had no prospects. And when she turned up in, back in Bethlehem, things had not brightened up. So look at verse 19 onwards. So the two women went on until they came really back to Bethlehem, Ruth for the first time. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them and the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? She'd been gone a while. Uh, she kind of left with family. She's now turned up alone. She's 10 years older. And who the heck is this Moabite that's with her? Mm. She said, don't call me Naomi, which means my footnote in my Bible tells me it's pleasant. Don't call me pleasant. I don't feel pleasant. My life is not pleasant. I don't look pleasant. My circumstances are not pleasant. Don't call me pleasant. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Bitter. Because the Lord has made my life very bitter. I went away full. But the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. And they returned, of course, in, this, um, in the season of the barley. And that was the journey that they went on. She went down, as you can see there, the Dead Sea. And how they went across and down into the land of Moab. And then, then they journeyed back into this place that we now find them. And there we have that verse yet again. So there we have it. Naomi returned to Bethlehem and Ruth was with her. Now... Tough gig. Ruth had really signed up for a hard gig. She'd gone to a place that she'd probably never ever been to before to live with the people that she'd never lived with before, to speak a language that she'd never spoken before, to eat food that she may not have eaten before, to be surrounded by a larger perhaps group of people in a village that she didn't know before. But Ruth's people became her people. Her town became uh, Ruth's town. Naomi's language became her language. Naomi's family became literally her family. Naomi's culture became her culture. Now, who remembers without looking at the Bible the name of Naomi's husband? <laughs> Something like Elimelech? Something like that. Well, Elimelech had a brother without cheating. His name was... Boaz, right, had a brother called Boaz. Ruth marries him. 
So that's really investing, isn't it, really? She, she goes back and then she finds uh, Ruth's husband's uh, brother, Boaz, and they become the great, great grandparents of King David. And they become in the line right down to Jesus. In Jesus' bloodline is the Moabites, is this woman. God is telling us that he takes people and he can make something of them. And so even in Jesus' line, not all the way down, of course, was it just Israelite people. Here's this Moabite people. And of course, uh, Rahab it was a similar thing. You'll find her in Jesus' bloodline as well. And so God is kind of saying to us that his plans and his salvation and his inclusion is going to be far bigger than Israel. So they went on to marry Boaz and became the great-great-grandparents of King David. She went to, you know, we journey with people through the upsides and the downsides, through the sea change, the tree change, the dislocation and the relocation. But friends, how hard is it to sometimes journey with people because life changes a lot? It used to be that we used to grow up and basically hang around the same suburb pretty much forever. How many people remember those days? Where uncle and auntie used to live around the corner. Remember those days? And you kind of went to school and you kind of lived in the same little spot in the same little area. If you come from a country town, nothing's changed. It's pretty much the same as it is in every country town. You go there and kind of everybody is like, whoa, you, it's just like it was 20 or 30 years ago. It's kind of, but now we live in a highly mobile society where people move on an average at least every seven years. At least every seven years on average. So we're mobile and moving and we have uh, people moving out of our lives and moving into our lives and it's sometimes a little bit difficult to journey with people but God has given us the best era of technology possible, right? Our family is constantly Skyping Miami on about a a five-day-a-week basis to keep contact um, with Remington's dad, and so we, we reach out and we use these things, friends, where we can FaceTime them. How many people understand what FaceTiming is? I FaceTime. Oh, here's a crazy thing. I'm going to blow the time off the clock in a minute. But I'm, I don't know how this happened. But I was in, I was in bed one night and uh, a FaceTime call came on my phone. And... Uh, I didn't recognise the number at all, but I recognised the face that just turned up on my phone. It was Pastor Phil Pringle from the C3 Church down in Oxford Falls. He'd misdialed the number and I got Phil Pringle on my phone at about 11 o'clock on a Sunday night and he's going, hey, how are you doing? He's mentioning some relative's name. I said, Pastor Phil, this is not who you think it is. This is Pastor Larry from the Epping Church of Christ. By the way, you're an awesome pastor, but I think we ought to hang up. We shouldn't FaceTime each other in these circumstances. That was the first time he FaceTimed me. (laughs) There was a subsequent time. I think I blocked the number in the end. I don't know what I did. You can even FaceTime people. This is what happens when older people try technology out, isn't it? It doesn't always work. Yeah, we promised to walk the journey of faith. I spent a weekend away on my holidays with some mates. Basically, the people that I went away was with our year nine, 15-year-old cell group. Our year nine cell group still goes away. 
We call it the boys' weekend away. Half of us are still walking in the faith. Two of us are clergy. Another few of us are really serving well in our local churches. A few people have wandered off from the faith. And we've all had different life journeys, but we gather every year. We don't camp or do anything crazy like that. We go to Bluey's Beach right on the beach in the, uh, in the nicely appointed beach houses. It's all very sophisticated and ooh-la-la. But it's interesting that, you know, we're still in that same space together. We still journey with each other. And although some of them have moved away from the Lord, I tell you this. You know, we, if someone moves away from Jesus, don't move away from them. Because how can they know the loving, beckoning call and grace of God that is enduring and loving if the people of God, who are meant, meant to represent the character of God, withdraw from those people who have withdrawn from Jesus? If someone has withdrawn from Jesus, press into that space and be like Jesus to them and continue to show love and care for them in that space. Make sense? How else can they know about the love of God if you're not there representing it, your long-term friends? So we need to invest in these things. Journey through faith, and it may be a difficult path. And where you die, I will be buried, she says. Where there's life, there's hope. And we continue to push on with people for as long as you or I or they have breath. We're better together if we do life in pilgrimage together. Amen.